Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Theology Podcast, where we as ordinary pastors connect theological truths to ordinary everyday believers like you and me. My name's Ben Campbell, and I'm joined by Matt Mauser. Matt, hey, how's hey. it going in Georgia? Georgia's good. Things are grand. No complaints here. Things are grand. You're smoking meat over there. That's right. We got a Boston butt sale. Our master's men are doing a not a fundraiser. A, it's a benefit for the Alabama Children's Home and uh, a local girl shelter. So got some good things going on, but that makes for many hours awake. Right. We should have done a should have done a video podcast. Yes. Watch the meat rotate. <laughs> we we could have yes. <laughs> But uh, now today we've got a good, uh, not not as theological of a podcast, but more of a pastoral podcast, um, because as um, we mention every time we get on here, we are ordinary pastors. And so today, what we want to do is we want to talk about the joys and the difficulties of pastoral ministry. And so um, we're going to make this super easy for you, dear listener. Um, Matt and I are just going to go back and forth, and we're going to uh, share a joy and share our difficulties. We're going to start with our difficulties, so we're going to have two apiece for each, and uh, and hopefully this will be a fruitful podcast for you, especially for those who um, who, who are in pastoral ministry or maybe thinking about going into pastoral ministry. Um, we hope that there's not that this will not deter you, even though it is difficult. So, Matt, um, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, share with us what you think maybe one of the the biggest difficulties is for you. I would say what one of the the difficulties is counseling those, or not even just counseling, just walking with those that are grieving while you are in the midst of a joyous season. Hmm. I'll I'll give an example, and this has happened many times in in my own personal ministry. Um, But one specific time I'll never forget, uh, it was the weekend of my son Duke's, I think, first birthday. And so all of my family was in town. We'd done a birthday party on Saturday, and we found out that... um, Uh, a deacon in the church, his wife's stepfather, I know that's a couple steps beyond, but anyway, he was involved in a a fire um, and ended up having having to be airlifted to Atlanta for burns across a lot of his body. And so uh, this is the only time I've done this, but I actually changed what I was going to preach on that Sunday morning. I've, I've never done that, never been a big fan of of that just because you spend your whole week uh, and multiple weeks really uh, crafting and preparing a sermon, uh, spending time in God's word. But I really felt led to just preach on uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. And it was a really powerful service because, you know, on one hand, my family, we were, you know, we were celebrating with family our our son. And at the same time, there's a, a family, our dear friends, a family in the church who was grieving, uh, who who was really searching and 
really struggling with something. And, and so for me, that, that's a, a difficult thing to balance. And really that extends beyond just pastoral ministry. And it, it goes to just the, the, the life of a church member where anyone's going to face that, where you, you, you are in a, a time of joy. And at the, the, the opposite is also true. Uh, I guess you could say, you know, I'm in the, the midst of a, a personal time of grieving, not currently, but I'm saying yeah, you could be in that and then also be celebrating a wedding with somebody else or, or something along those lines. And so it's a delicate balance, but uh, it's a tough thing to navigate sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the opposite because that was going to be my first difficulty was the opposite of <clears throat> having the joy and privilege to get up and preach every week. But one of the difficulties is preaching when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And and when, and when you, or when you're literally going through something with like, yes. you know, I mean, something, something really heavy. Um, but you know, like when you're the pastor, someone's yes. got to preach, man. And, That's right. Uh, Sunday's coming. Yeah. And you know, um, you've got to, you've got to just, you know, pull your boots up and, and go on. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to act like nothing's wrong, especially sure. if people know about it. Um, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, I, I think I would recommend it that you don't act like nothing is wrong. I, I think it's good to be vulnerable with your people to an extent. Um, but it is, it is awfully difficult to have the joy of the Lord and to honestly, it's not so much as much the preaching, but the study, you know, like when, when I've gone through difficult things, like it's not the preaching so much as it is like sitting down at the office and and getting Mm -hmm. the studying done, you know, you just don't feel like it. You don't want to do anything. You know, my personality is that when I go through hard things and difficult things, I want to hole up. Yeah, I don't want to do anything. And so I think that's one of the I think that's one of the the biggest difficulties for me is is preaching when something's wrong in your life. And along those same lines, you know, I I would encourage anyone who spends any time in a pulpit to be vulnerable, but finding that there's a, a difficult balance in being vulnerable about what you're going through. And if that's taken too far, it can become distracting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, th- there, it's a good thing to show emotion while preaching and to to weep over the gospel. That's a good thing. But when that's a an every week occurrence, I struggle with that. I mean, I, yeah. I get emotional when I preach about the cross. Mm-hmm. But but if I'm not careful, and all of a sudden I'm you know I'm breaking down every week in the pulpit, man, that that becomes distracting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and and so that that that's you know that it's a small nuance, but it's it's still important to to maintain that. And the the danger is, well, if if I just put on a facade and and pretend like nothing's wrong, nothing will make you feel like more of a fraud coming at, down from preaching than having pretended that everything's okay when it's not. All right, Matt. So let's go with uh, let's go with the second difficulty. What you got over there? All right. Hopefully. I, I don't steal uh, yours away, like I or, or tip yours off. I'd say one of the the other difficulties of pastoral ministry is 
recognizing and witnessing spiritual apathy. Uh, it is a hard thing to recognize a spiritual need in someone's life when when they don't seem to care. And I think this this comes back to to preaching as well as just providing counsel in the everyday life of a believer. But you you come down from preaching what you feel like is a spirit filled message, and it seems as though no one cares about their own soul. That that is that is a difficult thing and is is tough to reckon with for me. Yeah, you give you give what you think is, you know, a, a sermon that the Lord has providentially provided for you to preach and you offer the gospel and you offer a time of response and people sit there cold. Yeah. And I do want want to note, I'm not saying that it has anything to do with anything that I've done or anything the preacher does. I would think that's assumed, but yes. Well, but I'm just, because there's a danger in that. Well, man, I've just crafted and delivered a, a sermon and no one, no, it's not about that. It's because the gospel is worth responding to, mm. and God's word should be responded to each and every time. And so, you come away wondering, well, what happened? Why? Why is there no response here? Yeah. Well, the devil is a roaring lion, seeking yes. whom may devour, and um, that's that's a big, honestly, like that's a huge difficulty in pastoral ministry is the spiritual nature of it yes being you know being like the one who has to have the joy of the lord but looking at people who seem to not have it (laughs) right that's right but but yeah i think i think that's a good one yeah what about you What, what would be your second difficulty i think my second difficulty is a little bit more of an administrative difficulty Okay, good. Um, but I think one of my difficulties is um, scheduling out your week. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that is because what, what a lot of people may not understand about pastoral ministry is that, like, in one sense or another, like, you're sort of your own boss. Not all the time. And, and you it's not that you... You don't have anybody to answer to per se. You answer to probably a deacon board and most importantly the congregation as because we're Baptists. But but um, you know, like nobody's nobody's coming at you saying like you we need you here from eight to four or eight to five. You can take an hour lunch and like we need you here every day of the week, you know, and stuff like that. Like, um, so I, I think one of the the biggest things for me is managing out a schedule um of of trying to get my work done during the week i heard uh i was in a i was in a cohort one time and and hb charles was the guest and the guest on our meeting one day and i asked him about this because as you know as a pastor of a small church like you know I, i'm i'm like well how how do you manage your time well and he he uh, he recommended what jay warner wallace did he said spend your mornings with god your evenings with your afternoons with your people and your evenings with your family. Yep. Yep. Interestingly enough, I've also heard HB Charles speak on a similar 
the similar wavelength at a, a preaching conference one time, and he had a breakout session regarding the schedule. And if I can even add to scheduling things out is not enough. Mm-hmm. Sticking to and actually following through on that schedule, because inevitably in ministry, sure, uh, you can you can make that plan of spending time with God in the morning, spending time with your people in the afternoon and spending time with your family. But all of the sudden, um, th- this is something I'm trying to navigate currently. Yeah. And th- it's not a bad thing, but uh, with a, a newborn and and two other children at home, uh, there are moments where I have to run back to the house to help my wife. Right. Uh, and and luckily, she's very gracious and says, hey, you know, uh, of an evening after the, the kids get down for bed, if you need to go back to the church and, and wrap yeah. some things up that you didn't get done, feel free to do so. Yeah. Uh, but but things come up, you know, so often, you know, you have a, a surgery that you need to tend to in the middle of your morning and uh, that throws everything off. Sure. And uh, I, I, I'd say even alongside of making a schedule, making a priority list. In other words, okay, what things can yeah. can go by the wayside for the time being until more time is freed up? Right. I mean, you, you have to have some wiggle room for some interruptions. Um, yes. You know, what if what if somebody just comes by the church and takes an hour and a half of your time just sitting in your office talking to you? That's you right. Know, you, In one sense, I mean, you could say, I've got to get to work. But in another sense, like, not really. Yeah, that's valuable time, right? Right. There. There's a fine line there, but I think, um, so. I, yeah, I think like lunch with with a church member can be put off another week, right? You know, sure. um, sometimes if it's a hard week, visiting can be put off. You know, yeah. Or maybe go on a Saturday morning. You know, take mm-hmm. two, a couple hours and just go on a Saturday morning. Um, yeah. but so I think, I think that's a good point. Like you, you have to be willing to allow your flex, your schedule to be flexible, but I think it is important to have like, you need, I think you need set times for sermon prep. I think you need set times for prayer. Um, personal devotion time. Yeah. I think all those things need to be, to be set, um, in stone somewhere. So at least you've got a guide for your week. Can I offer a a very practical um, kind of idea with this? I, I keep a, a a Google Calendar, and actually need to probably go back and redo this. But I, I set my schedule for the week, and then I come back behind myself, and throughout the day reset or not not necessarily reset, but I I go through and say, okay, well I I had planned to do. Uh, sermon prep from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., but I I actually did it for an hour and a half. And so I will create a, a second event that's in a different color Yeah, that is designated for how I actually spent my time. And I find that to be really helpful in two ways. First off, okay, I've got my schedule set, but then I can come back behind it and look and see, okay, this is actually how this went and can remake my schedule for the the following week according to that sure sure yeah it's it you got to have some flexibility for sure and and i'll say keeping a calendar like that provides some accountability as well uh is is a good thing 
at, you know, heaven forbid, uh, someone coming and questioning the amount of time spent and the study and visiting that sort of thing. But you can point back to a calendar and say, okay, well, this is this is what I did. This is this was my week right. essentially. Right. All right, Matt. Let's talk about some joys. One of the the joys for me personally is the privilege to preach. Um, I'm I I love being able to preach, and I never tire of it. And right. maybe, maybe that's because I'm sure of my calling or, or whatever. Um, and I don't want to sound overzealous, but, but man, I just love um, studying and preaching every sure. single week. It's just one of my, my favorite things to do. Um, you know, sitting down with a, a passage of scripture and, um, and, you know, interpreting it and then, you know, giving it, to our people on Sunday morning. I think that's just a wonderful thing. Uh, and I'll piggyback on that. Uh, since we've already referenced H.B. Charles once, I heard him one time explain preaching as the preacher is a, a miner who goes down into the, the mining shaft uh, each and every week, and you come back up on Sunday and you proclaim to the congregation, look what I found. Yeah, right. And and there's a, a great deal of joy in and proclaiming Christ and yeah. and digging up those hidden gems and those little jewels and the things that the everyday person needs to be reminded of. There's a, a an immense amount of joy in that. No doubt. No doubt. Joy for me. Uh, well, on the opposite side of spiritual apathy, uh, I really love seeing people passionate about the word of God. This is something I've, I've been privileged enough to, to witness uh, here in Columbus, where there are, have been several instances where someone will will ask me a, a biblical theological question, yeah, and or th they'll text me, "Hey, what do you think about this? What is that?" And and I, there's nothing. There are few things I'll say. There are few things that that bring me more joy than seeing it start to click. I say it seeing. Sure. You know, God's word and and the gospel, those sorts of things, start to click for somebody. And in fact, I uh, I've I've had several people come to me lately and say, "The Lord's really been convicting me about A, B, and C." And, and I don't I don't react, you know, outwardly to that necessarily, but on the inside, I'm I'm jumping up and down, and I'm you know I'm rejoicing in that because yeah. uh, th that's the fruit of of the labors of preaching God's word, among other things. Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing it's like seeing people grab what you're saying and yeah. take it to heart and apply it. And then, um, you know, seeing them, you know, wrestling with it in their own mind is super, it's encouraging. It's not just yeah. joy, it's encouraging to you. That's right. Um, and, and it allows you to keep going, you know, even if there are things that are difficult, like it still yeah. allows you to keep going. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I think I think a, a, a second joy for me um, is forming, uh, honestly, is forming relationships with people in the church um, mm. that that are. I know this is not necessarily a preaching thing, but um, 
but being able to form relationships in the church where you have um you have a little bit of a of an a way to be yourself yeah because a lot of times you can't just be yourself with everybody but i think it's fruitful and i think it's a joyous thing to to form those relationships with sure. people oh yeah well and, and it's it's people that matter the most and so when those connections are made yeah you're right that it's that's a big deal so i'd say the the final joy for me in terms of ministry is just having the opportunity being called upon to be there for somebody in a difficult time uh i recently got to preach a, a funeral for uh a well-loved man in our church who served in a myriad of roles and re- just being asked to be involved uh in his celebration of life was a big deal for me uh and it brought me a great deal of joy just to be able to minister to the family and get to kind of be among that group as they celebrated his life so i, I that's that's a big joy for me yeah, it's always it's always fruitful for me to like in that regard to just be with people because that's what endears you to people is being sure. when, when difficulties come about. So I think that's a super good, a super joy in ministry that sometimes is overlooked, especially right. by, by our generation. Our generation wants to be the pastor who preaches and uh, that's pretty much it. But pastoral yeah. ministry goes much long beyond that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, my friends, I hope that today's discussion on the joys and difficulties of ministry has been helpful for you. We pray that these truths will continue to impact your life for God's glory. Join us next Friday as we have another thrilling podcast episode for you.